You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In this episode, we will be discussing the 76th Annual Tony Awards. This is Half Hour with Jeff and Richie. Half Hour! Hey y'all, it's Richie and Jeff here from Half Hour Podcast with Jeff and Richie. And today is all about the 76th Annual Tony Awards, which was on Sunday, June 11th, 2023 at the United Palace Theater way uptown in New York City, Mm -hmm. um, which is a really cool change for them. We have lots to discuss. This was quite the award show um, in terms of a little bit of some snubs, some wonderful performances, and all masked with this looming no writers mm-hmm. and so they had a quite the show to put on so yes they did i want to first start by kind of just talking a little bit about the award ceremony as a whole before we get into who won and who didn't and whatnot what did you think about the flow of the evening ariana hosting the new venue no writers just what was your just overall thoughts on some of that jeff as we kind of dive in i kind of just felt like the show was there and it was happening, but there definitely was something missing in terms of energy. It just kind of felt like with no narrator and no script happening, it's something like, I guess we don't really think about while watching these award shows is that there are people behind this show that are writing a lot of the dialogue that's happening for effortless um, scene changes, let's call it that, um, between the performers between the nominators between the winners and it was just happening so you could definitely feel that that energy was low um but i there also it was interesting because i felt like it didn't feel as rushed i felt like the people were able to do their performance showcase the different shows and i also felt that the winners were able to kind of speak more on their win which was nice to get to hear that. But, you know, I, it was good. I really did enjoy the new venue. It's a stunningly gorgeous venue that Beautiful. I sadly have to say I didn't even know existed. Um, it was um, way up in, I believe, in Harlem. Uh, and it was nice to have a different locale for a change and gorgeous, gorgeous venue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me because I see people like posting and saying, this was the best Tonys yet. It was all about the performers and there was no rushing and they were able to get through it great. And it's like, how do you say that without kind of being a little bit insulting to writers who are on a strike. You can't say this was the best one yet and then look and say, the writer's like, um, hello, we weren't involved at all. And you're saying this is great. And so this can't be the future. 
because we need the writers and all those people who got up there and accepted awards said, I stand with the writers, I stand with the writers. So I will say the pros and cons here being, sure, it flowed nicer. There wasn't such a quick, quick, we got to get this in, we got to get this in. They, they spread things out a little bit better. There was definitely more time for the award winners to speak. And I appreciate that. However, we're just watching cameras pan we're not quite sure what's coming next. There's no writing. There's no script. There's no announcer. I, Ariana was really not involved not a lot. And well, she wonder, would have been a lot more with a writer. Well, the that's writers. the thing. A lot. So they did a few dance numbers. Yeah. That was like the silentness of it. Yes. And Which I loved the opening, actually. I thought that was yeah, stunning. It was, it was great. Yeah. But it goes to show you probably how much time is actually used from a host performing and then also pr- presenters speaking. It's very clear that the writers were missing and that we needed them. Mm-hmm. And it was nice that Ariana in the front said, in the beginning of the uh, telecast said, okay, so just so you know, like there's no script. Like, do you yeah. see the cameras turn to the prompter screens? Did they just give us a time clock? There's no script. We're going to just try this as best we can. And they thought they handled it fine. Yeah. It was fine. It was so interesting when like famous people came out and said, hello, my name is Melissa Etheridge. Like, instead of saying like, now introducing to the stage, Melissa, you know, or whatever. Well, it does really show you there with the presenters that they do not know what to say when they're up there. Yeah, some of them are just really struggling. And then it was like, you know, you had like Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane's trying to crack a joke here and there and kind of <laughs> get through it. And it, listen, it was fun. It was a nice evening. It was really more about the presenting of the awards. There was some wonderful performances, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But mm-hmm. overall, the writers were missed. We obviously support the writers that are just fighting for fair pay you know mm-hmm. that's at the end of the day yeah. um and, and they agreed not to pick it outside and they agreed to let this happen and so um, I'm do you so think glad they was- did a nice job kind of getting the point across that writers are needed yes yeah. oh yes i think so and hopefully that was it was almost good that the writers allowed them to do this for them to show hey by the way this is what this is going to look like with us yeah. missing you know yeah. let's go into some of these awards i want to talk about them but, well first yes the moment you've all been waiting for. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Everyone's wondering who won more predictions, Richie. Because I say this every year. I usually beat Richie, and I go with what I know will win versus what my heart wants to win. But I think that there was something wrong this year because seeing everything really made this hard for me to choose because I was like, wait, no, that performance was so good or that performance was so good. And I might have flubbed there a little bit. It's okay. So <laughs> I did beat him in my ballot this year of my predictions versus the actual wins over Jeff. So I did. I only got 16, right? I think I got 20 out of the 26. So yeah. Um, let's go through this a little bit. Um, yes. Just kind of quickly going through some of these awards and what we think. How, and we're going to talk about the performances on the night as well a little bit. But let's go through what won here. Leopold Stop, Best Play. Totally makes sense. I think that mm-hmm. tracked correctly. Best Musical, Kimberly Akimbo. I had one. I, I thought that was... And by the way, we're giving spoilers here. So if you haven't seen the Tony Awards yet, you haven't read, we're going to tell you what won no last spoilers night. spoilers <laughs> here. I mean... Um, I totally understand Kimberly Kimba winning. Yeah. It's a new work, and I get that in, in the best musical always tries to go towards that. Um, I actually really did think a doll's house was gonna win best play revival, and it did go instead to Susan Laurie Park's Top Dog Underdog, which I love because I really am so happy for Top Dog Underdog. Yeah. Uh it's rare that a show that is already closed does win. It happens, but it's rare. And so um and technically a doll's house did close a couple days which ago. Which the too, only thing but... that is playing is Sign in Sydney Brewstein's window. So for best play 
runs only for a couple more weeks. So. Right. Um, musical revival. This was interesting for me. I really thought it was going to Sweeney. I'm glad it went to Parade, but I really, really did this think this was going to Sweeney. That was my big upset of the night. I thought it was going to Sweeney as well. That even watching their performance, I was like, oh. it was one of the best performances of the night. Last night was the Sweeney Todd performance for yeah, sure. It's that's going to be the hard ticket to get now. Yeah, and it already was. Yeah, you know. Um, leading actor in a play, Sean Hayes, Good Night Oscar. That totally makes totally. sense to me. I think all of those actors in that category were phenomenal in what they did. But I just, I totally understand why Sean won, and good mm-hmm. for him. And he's incredible playing that piano every night like that and doing the role. Um, Jody Comer, Prima Facie, totally makes sense. We kind of predicted that. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. You only have a few weeks left to go see that. That is like one of the best things I saw this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Harrison G winning some Like It Hot. Totally happy. So, so, so happy for them. I think that that is an amazing win. Yeah. And an awesome role. And <laughs> I have to go back and see something Like It Hot. I just have to. I just loved it so much. It's a, it's like, a, I'm such a fan. Your favorite of the season? For, for, it might be one of my favorite shows of the whole season, for mm. sure. I mean, a show that I would totally run to go back and see again. I just love that big band energy. You know that. Uh, but all the others were amazing in that category, too. Alex Newell Shucks, Best Featured Actor in a Musical. Very happy for them Very. as well. Totally saw that coming. It just it just tracked. Totally tracked there. Um, also, what's tracked correctly, I think, Bonnie Milligan, Kimberly Kimbo for Featured Actress in a Musical. Oh she deserves so that. So happy for Bonnie. I, Her I speech think... <laughs> was wonderful and so heart-wrenching when she's speaking about her father dying and, and just the journey with this show and... And also being who she is in the industry and yeah. how hard it is. And she says, look, this is, you have to keep fighting. Actually, both Bonnie and Alex, we were talking yeah. about this last night. We were like, they both were snubbed the years that. They could have went for Head Over Heels. Yes. And for um, uh, Once on this Island. Snubbed of a nomination. They, they didn't, didn't even get, get nominations for those two shows. We were like, what? Now a couple of years later, look, they get nominated and, and they they're winning. Have. And good for them. Really, yeah. really good Love for them. That. Um, this was interesting. Book of a Musical. I really did think this was going to Shucked. And if it wasn't going to go to Shucked, I actually thought it was going to go to something like It Hot. So for, to have it gone to Kimberly Akimbo, to me, the way I look at it is it's based on David Lindsay Abair's play that already existed. So I thought it would have been interesting. Well, that would have been the chance for it to have won a Tony when it was a play all those years ago. Mm-hmm. So the book, yeah. Listen, sure. It's an original story. I think it's great that Kimberly won book. I just thought they could have spread the love a little bit more and maybe threw that to Shucked or some like it hot. Uh, I, even Juliet still, was an original still, story. Yeah, you know? I'll still stand by. I don't really get the Kimberly Akimbo book. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I would love to talk more about that with someone one day. But I think that there's a lot of loopholes in that story that mm. I just, it still doesn't make sense to me. But it, Original concept, original idea. But all of these are in a way. Well, not some, really something like a hot or New York, New York. but And it also winning score. Yes, and we're at score now. I really thought that was going to sound like it hot. I really did. Mm-hmm. And to see it go to Kimberly Kimball, listen, I love Janine Tesori and David Lindsay Abair. They're writing original things from the heart. Do I like some of the Kimberly songs? Yes. I actually think Bonnie's song is great. Yeah. Um, the ending song, Great Adventure, is great. I don't really like every song in the show as a whole. And so to win score, hey, you know, I, I know some people say some like it hot. Every song sounds the same. I know that's difficult. Um, I thought it was going to Shucked, but... 
they could have gone to Shucks. I thought it was going to Shucks because it was a a very different sound on Broadway. That's not the typical sound. I mean, I feel like we've heard the Kimberly Akimbo sound, and we've definitely heard the Some Like It Hot sound. Yeah, yeah. So... But hey, you know. good for you, Kimberly Kimbo. And Janine Tesori just became the second woman to have multiple Tony Awards for writing. Yeah. Um, she has two now. And I, the fun fact I read was Betty Comden has three Tony Awards. She's the woman uh, way before her time that has three. So Janine Tesori is the second woman to have two Tony Awards for writing a show. Congratulations to you, Janine. That's an amazing accomplishment. Um, scene design for a play, Life of Pi, totally makes sense. Love that Life of Pi mm-hmm. won where it needed to win. Oh, love yeah. that design. Lighting design of a play, also Life of Pi. So, like, yay. Tim Atley and Andres Goulding, as well as Tim Lutkin, uh, for these designs of this play. Like, remarkable, remarkable. Remarkable. Um, lighting design of a musical, Natasha Katz for Sweeney Todd. Oh, totally. Totally. Saw that coming, too. Loved the lighting in Sweeney Todd. Sound design of a play, Life of Pi. So, sound, so really, Life of Pi took all these designs uh, for the most part, that's where I messed up because we had recently just saw Prima Facie, and I think that threw me in the loop because it was mm. so fresh in mm. my head. But and that I was like, "Life of Pi sound the, design yeah. is amazing. It's amazing." I overlooked it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and I actually got um, it wrong for sound design of a musical because I really did think it was going into the woods because mm. I thought there was some cool sound moments in that. But I did go to Sweeney Todd. Some haunting sound effects there um, and sound design for that. It's nice. Network direction of a play. I, if you listened to the last episode, I did predict Patrick Marber was going to win for Leopold Stein. Do I think some other directors could have totally and should have totally won that? Yes, but I don't know why in my gut. I was like, I think Leopold Stein's going for play direction. So I did get that right. I got it wrong. It's okay. I put Jamie Lloyd for Doll's House. And I still stand by it. I think it was better directed. Whatever. You know, it's it's Broadway. We know the industry and what they like. And, 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 and there's a lot of people in Leopold Stadt to tell a lot of different time periods and a lot of different settings. So that's a tough direction in of itself. But congrats to Patrick on that. Direction of a musical. Yay, Michael Arden for Parade. He's totally deserving of this Tony for this. He should have won multiple times in the past for other works. This is his time. Yes. And I'm very happy. For and him. what a moment. Yeah, he speech. did have quite the moment in this speech. He was censored. Um, but he was speaking his mind and he yeah. was saying how he felt and, you yeah. know, good for you, Michael, for getting up there and doing that. Uh, and he's if you don't know what he said, go check go it out. Go look it out. We're, we, will, <laughs> we, we will let you go we check get, it out. We will get flagged if we <laughs> say it. <laughs> but he, um, he has a bright future ahead as a director. For, I mean, he already has a wonderful career. So, yeah. And, and he was is an that, actor. Is that his first Tony? First Tony win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was nominated. I think he was nominated for Once on this Island and something else he did. I forget. Which his other snub in here was, I think he should have been directed for Christmas Oh, for Carol. Christmas Carol. And I don't even think he was nominated for no. that. And I actually think he should have been, because that was... He incredible. got a Tony, but was also snubbed in the same yeah. year. <laughs> Just like I think Jefferson Mays was snubbed of that Tony oh, nomination yeah. for Christmas Carol this year. I really believe... I stand by that. Yeah. A few more here. Okay, this was the big one. Leading actress in a musical. Oh. It went to Victoria Clark, as it should. Victoria is stunning in this role. I'm always a Victoria fan. I really... Really did think it was going to Annalie though. And the fact that Annalie didn't even perform last night, I was like, where was Annalie? She was like erased from the whole night. I and mean, we saw she's her. She's such after... a strong part of Sweeney, but yeah. listen, I get it. Well, she's think... won a ton of awards for the role already. Yeah, so. and Victoria has won things too, but I, I totally understand Victoria winning this. Victoria and Bonnie are the show. 
to me. If there's anything of that show I enjoyed the most, and I would think you would agree, it's Victoria and Bonnie. Yeah. I mean, hello. And they won for what they did. They're just wonderful. So, um, Featured actor in a play did go to Brandon Uranowitz, Leo Polstadt. I saw this coming as well. And he's amazing in that show. And I'm really, really happy. He had a wonderful speech, too. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed his speech. Um, Featured actors in a play, Miriam Silverman. Oh, just... Oh, I would go back and see that play just for her few moments because she's not in it much. But man, does she deliver that mm-hmm. role? Um, really, really nice job with that for Miriam as well. Scenic design of a musical, Beowulf for New York, New York. Love his scenic design. Love we love Beowulf's design, and that was wonderful. Scott, uh, you should look at Beowulf's uh, design a little bit more. The uh, uh, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I guess costume design of a play, Leopoldstadt. Well, when you have this is what I said last year about the Music Man not winning costume design and Six winning. I always think that costume design doesn't always necessarily come down to what you're designing. Is sometimes I personally feel like it comes down to how many you're designing. And Six has six costumes. And the band is in costume too. But Music Man, I'd like a million people that had to be costumed. Yeah. So now this year, when we see uh, Bridget Reinfenstuhl for Leopoldstadt costuming all these people, I'm like, but it's good still for period, you. And it had no other period to go No other against. period piece here. They're all so. kind of modernly set. So, and I know a lot of them design straight towards period piece. And then we go to costume design of a musical. Hello, Greg Barnes, I'm like it hot. Totally makes sense. Projectable. Stunning costumes in that show. Yeah. Um, choreography. Well, it did beat out Camelot, which also had some beautiful. Camelot period. did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did yeah. beat Camelot. Choreography. Some like it hot. Casey Nicola. I mean, love it. It's Casey's first choreo win. Congrats. What people don't know is Casey's won for direction. Casey's never won for choreo. So good for you because this was the show to win for for choreo. Did y'all see that choreo of uh, Sweeney Todd last night? Yeah, Go check amazing. that out. It was amazing. But I but look at some like it hot. Hello, it's nonstop dancing. So I know, but when you're telling such a story I through know. the dancing, I mean, some like it hottest dancing, but the story that is happening right. in Sweeney Todd to where choreo did not exist before, well, blown talk away to the voters. I always sometimes like to know what these like. How close did it come? Like when yeah. they tally the votes, was it close? It's like imagine if it was like the difference of one. one well, hey, that's why every vote counts. Orchestrations: Charlie Rosen and Brian Carter. Some like it hot. Which totally that makes des- sense. That deserved. Look, listen to what that band yeah. is doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, totally well deserved. deserved. I mean, a million times over. So, wow, there was our Tony wrap up. Um, and then some of these performances. Let's talk about some of these performances. The highlights of performances of the night at the Tonys last night to me were Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, top spot for me. Totally loved that performance. I would have liked some Annalie in there, but it's okay. When it's medleys, I find them to be a little forced. So, like, Alex Newell barely singing that song in the medley. I was like, mm. but then it did. they needed to tell, like, the whole corn thing and get it across to the audience. Like, what is this show about? So, I get that. Yeah, um, I think it's doing them a better service to do something like that, to get mm-hmm. more people to the show. Because then you see something like Kimberly Akimbo, which doesn't make sense. Well, they're the doing a song. And if you don't know the story, you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. She likes him, but what? And so, but that's what they decided to do. Um, Camelot was nice. I thought, um, New York, New York. Listen, it's the splashy tourist show. They opened it with that big number. Sure. I think it's kind of interesting that Anna Uzile is singing the title song in the Tony Awards and not Tony nominated, but then like Annalie Ashford's Tony nominated and not singing it. It's just interesting the choices that these producers make. 
But whatever. Well, you know, they needed I, to do the yeah. New, New York, New York. No, of course. Show it, and that will sell now again because everyone saw, yeah. oh, that's being sung in the show? Mm-hmm. Gonna go see it. I thought this song, like, at Hopper performance was great that features yeah. everyone really nice there was some great dancing in that and juliet fun great um leah michelle <laughs> well let's go there now then we had beautiful noise neil diamond will they Swenson, needed to perform and leah michelle funny girl well i, I don't so beautiful noise not getting nominated it's still a new current show fine funny girl had its chance last year and we're still pulling this back in with leah do I think Leah? Do, I think Leah sings it amazing. Of course, we all know that. Well, she's in her redemption era. She performed "Don't Rain on My Don't Rain on My Parade" multiple times across different. But platforms. she's performed it at the Tonys, right? Yes, in her. But wasn't that she like read to filth for that performance? I don't know. I never. Heard I feel that. like no, she I'm, was great doing that all those years ago, and now she's doing it again. But this time, she's in costume and the show, and so. I was fine with it because she's still vocally slick. Oh yeah, she's knows exactly what she's doing in the role. And and beautiful noise. They didn't get nominated, but guess what? How many people are going to go buy tickets to yeah. that now? Because they saw. Oh my god, I get to swing, uh, Sweet Caroline in my seat. You know. Yeah, I also did like the parade performance. I just love Ben Platt's great in that role, but I just love seeing Michaela Diamond up there. Oh, I yeah. just think that woman is so good at what she does. The Ben Platt thing is just so forced to me. It's okay. He, I thought he in, in that role, he's doing well. I know, but as soon as Michaela came on the yeah, stage, really it was is. just their chemistry is great. She too. steals, yeah, steals it. And it was nice to hear Jordan Donica sing "If yeah. Ever I Would Leave You, Camelot." We didn't because get to see him. We didn't see Southern Understudy, and his voice is oh, it's like melting. Yeah. And um, it was great to see the Into the Woods. Yeah, for, for, uh, that Milky White was stealing that duet from Sarah I mean, and Brian. But I do think that performance was a little weird. Well, they were the ones who were nominated. It for was it, just, so. but it was just. Eh. I liked Milky. Yeah. <laughs> I liked seeing the puppet, puppet yeah. work. It was a nice evening overall. Oh, let's talk about Joaquina Calacongo's performance in, of "Wishing You a Summer Here Again," a phantom for the immemorium. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I mean, we know she can belt, and we know she can act. To hear the operatic tone, which I've never really heard from her before. Wow. Mm. And sad to see all those people pass, especially when they ended with Tina Turner and Angela Lansbury. That was a nice way to end that. So it was a nice evening. It was. It really was. And I really think that it's so important for the general public to see that, to then be able to say, hey, now come to New York and buy these tickets. And I want to transition over a little bit into New York now. There was a New York Times article today about this summer is going to be one of the busiest summers for New York theater ever, Mm -hmm. not only because all these shows now are going to sell. And I, it's interesting. You would think something would announce it's closing today. A lot of times after a Tony Awards of things, I don't think I don't anything's going to so. up. Because guess what? Anything that may not have done well or struggled is already have a set closing. Yeah. So like Camelot, I don't think really won anything, but that's already closing Labor Day. Like there's right. things already set to be announced as closure. Um, but what the New York Times was saying today is how there are many new shows coming this summer. Most of the time, we don't get new shows now until September at the earliest. Mm-hmm. We have six or seven new shows right now for the next Tony season. And I want to talk about that because that is, I still feel like we're playing a little bit of COVID catch up. No, um, it's not But COVID it's not COVID catch up, I mean, but it really, feels like it because I we don't just feel are like the COVID catch up is a thing anymore. I think this is really, there's a lot of creative works in the works. Yeah. And. They're just finding homes. 
But the longevity of a show on the stage is not the same anymore. It's limited think, runs. It's limited runs. Yes. And, and, and it's a different... And, and so I want to talk a little bit. We started with Grey House, which we just saw recently. We're going to have a whole podcast on about that soon. Yes. That was the first so, show of the Tony season. Then we go on to Once Upon a... Which I was super excited for because it's scary. It's very scary, yes. So yes. we'll get yes. into that, yes. The next show, Once Upon a One More Time, is already in previews, opening June 22nd. Can't wait um, for that one, too. That's, that, then we have here... That's at the Marquee Theater. Here love at the Broadway theater, which now has reached an agreement with the musicians union, which is moving forward with live musicians. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because I, this is like my most anticipated yeah. show. Of yeah. This and we needed the live musicians. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm going to always stand with the union on that. We needed the live music. That's opening July 20th at the Broadway theater. That's a new show. Um, just for us, Alex Edelman's OB winning solo show is going to be on Broadway this summer, opening mm-hmm. at the Hudson Theater where Doll's House just closed. Back to the Future at the Winter Garden Theater, June 30th, opening August 3rd. Should um, be interesting. Should be interesting. I've heard so many mixed things about it. Um, yeah. yeah. I think we know people that saw it in London and were like, uh, mm, didn't, yeah. Um, we have The Cottage at the Hayes Theater with Eric McCormick, Laura Bell Bundy. Laura Bell Bundy. We, and that's coming in <laughs> July. And I, I, you know me, I love a good old, fun comedy it says inspired by the works of no coward so i think it's just going to be one of those fun comedies you know the cottage like fun old school comedy um and then we have the shark is broken at the john golden theater opening august 10th about the filming of jaws i can't wait for that that sounds awesome Mm -hmm. and i think that's going to be really great it did really well in london um and then there is a one-week run of a illusion, illusionist show coming to the Ethel Barrymore Theater, El Mago Pop. I don't know if that really considers a Broadway show because it's just using right. the space for a week. But then we do dive in. So all of that this summer, like musicals and plays, there's like no rules anymore, kind of, right? Because they're all Tony eligible. And there's people are following different trends. It's not all about opening in the spring. All the no, time. I think it's when I can get a theater, I yeah. get the theater. And I can get the funding and I can put it on. And then there are some, I just want to talk really quick for a minute about some of the things that are already announced for the fall. Melissa Etheridge, My Window, Which her solo yesterday. show announced yesterday, Circle in the Square Theater opening September 28th. Um, Merrily We Roll Along coming September 19th. Very, very highly anticipated revival. Another Sondheim show. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, Lindsay Mendez. We have um, Harmony at the Barrymore Theater. That's the Barry Manilow musical um, coming this fall. Prayer for the French Republic is coming to the Samuel J. Friedman Theater um, as well as then there's some things that are announced um, for the new season that don't really quite have venues yet. Like we have Pearly, Victorious, Leslie Odom Jr. It says it's coming in the summer. There's no venue announced yet. The American Airlines Theater does have Danny DeVito starring in I Need That coming in October. Samuel J. Friedman Theater in the fall has Jaja's African Hair Braiding. That's in the Manhattan Theater Club. Doubt was announced for winter. American Airlines Theater. An Enemy of the People. The Wiz. Like, there's some things coming still, but, like, there's a lot coming this summer alone. Mm -hmm. I'm really, really excited for that. It's just going to be another whole season of shows. And then we'll see from this Tony season that we just talked about what lasts. Mm -hmm. Some things are closing Labor Day. Some things are closing in three weeks. Yeah. Jody Comer's play. and I mean, there's definitely going to be a lot of announcements. Maybe things after Labor Day, but yeah, who knows? Yeah. You know, so. And that also kind of leads to that Andrew Lloyd. Yes, Webber. and I want to end today with talking about that. If you check out CBS Sunday Morning from yesterday, there was a special on Andrew Lloyd Webber and what yes. he, a little bit about his legacy on Broadway. And he was interviewed talking a little bit about what he thinks the future of Broadway is. And he did say he's worried 
about the future of Broadway because he's paraphrasing him a little bit here. He said, it's becoming like a fifth avenue of brand and you have to create a brand and you need to market it. And he said, there's unfortunately no wiggle room anymore for experimentation on Broadway. When he was experimenting with rock musicals about Jesus Christ and mm. and things like that. And I will say, I'm uh, curious to know what you think about first okay. about that. Um, but I will say, I agree with him and I disagree with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is a brand. Yeah. He has created brands. That's why I'm, I don't and understand. And so it's hard for me to say, like, because I think the interviewer said, well, fandom is quite the brand. Yeah. Uh, Sunset I'm Boulevard, sorry, Evita. Sunset, Evita Cats. But I will say, Phantom, look at all Kim- our brands. Look at Kimberly Akimbo. It started experimental off-Broadway. Yeah. Even Chorus Line started experimental. Broadway doesn't have to be the expensive experimental place. Start it small, grow it to Broadway. He's trying to say, well, we've all, Broadway could have been an experimental place when it was cheaper and more affordable. I don't know if it's. But when it's was ex- the last time it was experimental? Uh, maybe with his Josephs and Jesus Christ and Cats and those moments where they just kind of landed on Broadway, these really. But I'll say something. I think we things. want experimental. Experimental is what works. The right. issue right now is the oversaturation of commercial things. From and that's what he's movies saying. Movies and which I agree and with biopics. That's different. But I. But he's trying to say that that's what he's worried about. And Sondheim was experimental in his works on Broadway. Yeah, I think I don't, fifty I don't years ago. I always was very fully different. agree with that because guess what? Hamilton's experimental and it's still. But Hamilton it. started downtown. The point he's trying to make is I don't think Cats had an out of town in a small theater downtown first. That's what he's trying to say. But it's expensive. He even said that. It's really expensive. And he said something that I loved at the end of this interview. You got to go check this out at CBS Any Morning. It's like eight minutes. Um, And he says, it all comes down to two things, a melody and a story. Yeah. And every time you think of an Andrew Lloyd Webber show, Phantom, dun, 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 there's melody. Well, it's every time like, we, it, it, we leave a musical period, we say, mm, that music was forgettable. But, Why? But not always because with some, Andrew Lloyd Webber shows. Well, because he's, he's different. He's right. a very different person. I'm talking about new right. works. Right. You need to be leaving the theater and the song needs to be already playing in your head. Yeah. And you need to be saying, wow, I want that soundtrack. I don't really know what show we left this season where I said, wow, I want that soundtrack. Right. And I think what Andrew Lloyd Webber is saying is, you know, all of his shows, Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, there's a Jellicle Cat or Memory. I mean, I can yeah. think of one song from every Don't Cry For Me, Arch. So he ends story. Yeah. And I think that if you have a really decent flowing melody and you have a great story, sure. Yeah. So he makes some good points. He's, I think they said he's 75. I don't really know what his – this is the first time now ever – not ever. Oh my gosh, not ever. But the first time in many years that he doesn't have a show running. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see. For what, 35 years? In maybe, yeah. yeah, No, no, longer. Since the 70s, I think. There's always been an Angel Ed Weber show running since 1974. Oh. Until last week. <laughs> well, Bad Cinderella wasn't the show to keep it. It on. wasn't. And <laughs> he was actually... And I don't think we can really say that was experimental either. So, yeah, yeah. sorry, Andrew. But but he makes some good points that, yeah, I think everyone's in a way worried about what the artistic future is of Broadway, too. And, yeah. you know, it's interesting to see. I like seeing... I love seeing a little bit of everything mm-hmm. on Broadway. That's what I love about Broadway. You see a little bit of everything. Yeah. So... Oh my gosh, we're out of time. The flew by. Um, we have some wonderful episodes coming up for you with the new shows, like we said earlier. And of course, pop music. We got some concerts to talk about coming up in the next few weeks. Anything. 
Um, Two weeks off of pop music, but we're coming back. We're coming back with the pop. Um, we had uh, we, Grey House we just saw. We're going to talk about that soon. We have Once Upon a One More Time coming up soon. So we got lots of shows this summer to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. More to come. So we're getting ready to sign off for now. Thank you for listening. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.